Hey there, it's Kim Doyle, and welcome to my show, where digital marketing meets real stories, experiences, and strategies. You'll get a behind-the-scenes look at what's working and not working in my business, as well as other experts who show up and share their stories. As much as I love talking about tangible marketing principles and tactics, we'll dig a little deeper with mindset and explore what's required to create a business you love on your terms that also supports your life. I want to help you understand the why behind the how. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just dipping your toes in, remember, marketing is a journey and the goal is to enjoy it. My desire is to guide you on your journey and remind you that no matter what life throws at you, you've got this. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Kim Doyle Show. This is the last episode of January. I cannot believe it. Um, I know I have a tendency to... (laughs) start podcast episodes with the weather or how fast time is going. And I don't want to tell you there's this, maybe I was a a weather reporter in a previous life, who knows. Um, But we're gonna have some fun today. And I'm going to do what I can to make sure this stays upbeat and fun while also being pretty direct. Today's episode is called Pissy Internet Trolls and a Content Strategy for 2024. Uh, because yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing like pissy internet trolls to help you get crystal clear about who you engage with. And another reminder that you don't owe anybody anything. Um, but as per usual, let's do a quick little catch up on things here. Um, as we are about to enter, um, yeah, February. <sighs> Still blows my mind. But you know what? I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm pretty pleased that January's over. It wasn't a bad month. And I was reading a friend's newsletter today. It's called Think. It's really great. My friend Liz Weaver. What up, Liz? And what was she saying? Um, I, she was sharing. I'm paraphrasing here. But in her newsletter today, she was talking about January's nothing special. And sometimes we need to be reminded that it's just another month. And this whole pressure to kick off the new year and get going is like, oh, gosh, you know, it's just another month, guys. It's another month. And then I've seen people, um, this is where the internet is always so much fun. They're like, yeah, today must be January 47th, because it felt like a long month. Um, I don't know that it felt particularly long. Maybe it's, maybe it's the few days of blue skies and warmer weather that we've had here that I'm starting to feel a little bit itchy about spring. Um, But it's a little premature. We're getting rain next week. Anyway, yeah, and my countdown to Costa Rica has begun. Five months. Oh my God. We'll do a whole other episode on that though. All right. So the whole pissy internet trolls. I've got two stories for you today and I'm not giving names, but at the same time, I am going to be very direct about this because I I sort of live by this thing now that if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. And I can only speak for my gender, which I cannot speak for every woman. I get that. But there is a level of people pleasing that women are raised with. And there's just something about hitting 50 where you're like, don't care. (laughs) You know, and um, there's just too many things that I feel strongly about. And so there we go. Let's go ahead and jump into this. So there's also something empowering and freeing about blocking people and kicking them out of your life. So, (laughs) um, and you guys, again, these are internet trolls. So I'm not kicking family or friends out of my life. Um, Well, technically, I thought this person was a friend. But uh, my friend Karen Michaels, who is an incredibly um, brilliant social media strategist, she repeatedly 
Oh my gosh, you guys wonder what I wrote in this post. She repeatedly repeats. I think that's pretty redundant. But she repeatedly says that it is vitally, it is, is, it is, let me try this again. It's as vitally important to curate your feeds as it is to post and engage. Meaning, if you're seeing stuff in any social feed on any platform that doesn't inspire you, you know, make you laugh, connect with you, or, um, you know, leave a good impact, block, cancel, remove. It doesn't matter. This, I cannot tell you guys how many times I've been like, oh yeah, but, or maybe I'll just snooze them. And I'm like, no, no, there's just certain stuff that I don't want to see. So it's very, very important to do that because even though I won't go sideways, I'm going to say we, we live in a democracy, albeit it might be being threatened. We'll leave that alone. Um, <laughs> My feed, what goes into my mind, my spirit, my heart, my soul is not a democracy. I get to choose that. And so I'm not going to go into a bunch of details here because the entire exchange was quite frankly a little wackadoodle, to be honest with you. But I reposted something on Facebook about the Barbie snub, right? Where Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie didn't get nominated and for Best Director or Best Actress. And what I reposted, I just said, I wish I could say I'm surprised, but I'm not. And the the repost was a quote from Bette Midler, to which a friend replied that it was typical of Americans to lie and omit only to advance a narrative. Now, like most human beings, I wish I had said, and what narrative is that? Because first of all, that's a really broad statement. But also, aren't we friends? I'm an American. So what are you trying to gain here, right? And and I had a little awakening the next day. And I but I was just like, what? And and I'm going to go on the record saying this that just because there were, you know, however many nominations for Barbie, it is not mutually exclusive that you're happy for the nominations it did get and you're disappointed that the elitist elitist, do you like that? The most elite um award director I get best picture too, right? But those were two really important roles. And it, there was, it was very ironic considering the topic, right? And, but the point is, um, it was just like, wait, what does this have to do? So, so because Bette Midler didn't list everything that you think she should have said, she's not allowed to just say that she's disappointed. And, it, you know, it was, but whatever. I think I was in so much shock that I'm like, dude, like, like we've had actual Zoom conversations, friends, I've had this person on the podcast. And I'm like, I should have just deleted him and blocked immediately. Because it was such a self righteous, general, broad statement to make not to mention, I hope all of the Americans that he wants to work with females anyways, um, see it and are like, not doing business with him. And here's the thing. And like I said, I was, I really tried to keep it respectful in my response. And the truth is why a white male from Canada has a dog in the fight when it comes to American women feeling this was unjust. And again, it's also a little bit ironic considering the context of the movie is beyond me. It was just, it was like, what? And I'm going to share with you. Um, there's an incredible documentary um, called, oh my God, I listed it. Something about change. And I'm so sorry. It's Gina Davis. Um, but I watched it and it's all about the misogyny in Hollywood. 
And so I updated a couple facts, which I love it when people reply to what they want to fight about, which is why I don't usually engage in this kind of stuff, you guys. At the same time, as a woman in this country, I have strong feelings about a lot of things. Okay, I cannot speak for men in this country. I can only speak to where I'm coming from. It was my personal page. Anyway, but in 100 years of the Academy Awards, only eight females have ever been nominated for director with only three winnings. Okay, so there's rampant. I mean, we've seen, where do you think the whole Me Too movement came from, right? Hollywood. Anyways, either way, it was just a ridiculous exchange. And it came out of left field. I had a couple other guys comment and one was respectful and asked really poignant questions. And I told him, I said, look, I appreciate this. I appreciate the only way change happens is when we get clear on things. And to me, it's it would be similar to, and I'm not saying we can't have opinions, but it's like, I'm not going to get in and make blanket statements about being a person of color in the United States, other than it's my job to listen, to vote, to be supportive. But it's not, well, it is my fight because I've got certain beliefs in terms of equality, right, that need to happen. But it it was just, you guys, it was so weird. It was so weird. Anyways, after I deleted all of his comments and blocked him, all I could think about was, dude is... Something, something else is going here. He's something deeper is going on. His need to pick a fight about something that is completely irrelevant to him was spoke volumes. As well as how do you general? How do you make a general statement about all Americans? I mean, it speaks volumes about him, right? And so, whatever. I hope he gets some help. And I know, I know, I'm being sarcastic and, and snippy, but that's the kind of shit that people don't need. And it was, like I said, this is somebody I thought was a friend. And so to come out in this pissy self-righteous thing and attack the entire country, you guys, this country is not perfect. Obviously. I don't know, unless you're in New Zealand, I don't know any Western country that's doing a whole lot of things right, to be honest with you. I mean, there's a lot of places in Europe where at least you can afford to live. Um, Sorry. Wow. But you can tell this ruffled some feathers because I was like, what is the matter with you? Like, what is the matter with you? There are plenty of people that I know that might say something or post something or share something that wouldn't be my forte, but I'm not going to go after them personally, nor do I need to fight for something that has, it's not my business fighting, if that makes sense. And I know that this country impacts other countries, but it was just, you know, it's, I've had another person who has made digs all the time about this country who is a British person living in Canada. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know that Britain's all that great. And again, we're friends. So your sarcasm being served at me, I don't understand what the goal is here, right? Like I love wit and sarcasm, but you can always tell when there's this pissy, mm, this like, you know, yeah, well, and and I just, I'm very direct now. And I call it back because again, I, I'm done keeping my mouth shut to appease people. At the same time, is this, is this where my, what change is going to come from this necessarily? Again, had some great exchanges with, with another guy and the majority of it was women supporting it. And so that goes to show you, right? There's a lot of work to be done in general across the board in so many different areas. Um, and oh, another statement is that everything is political. Unfortunately, it is. It is in this country right now. And, you know, maybe that's the problem with where, how we ended up here. 
right? Was is apathy and choosing not to get involved. Anyways, you guys, this is not what this episode is about. It's about internet trolls. I, I promise you. I am all for differing opinions, provided you can be respectful. So moving forward, snide comments are just getting deleted and blocked. I'm not engaging. I'm not defending. I don't owe an explanation. Bye, right? Not to mention, I would prefer, if I'm going to look at the two, Bette Midler, who has worked in Hollywood for how long and has dealt with this, I'm going to listen to her over, you know, white dude in Canada. Sorry, not sorry. Okay, here's the other thing. The implication was also, like I said, it was that because the movie received other awards, then you don't get to be mad about this, right? Which is take what you're getting and be happy with it. Um, And I just, I'm really at a point in my life where I'm not going to try to appease idiots and or justify and explain myself. As I sit here ranting, you know what was funny? As I was writing this podcast, I'm like, this must be what Taylor Swift has felt like all those years when she's written about ex relationships, which gets dismissed. And she's got a platform and she's using her voice. So I won't even get into the raking through the bullshit that she gets with social media and the NFL games and all that stupidity. But, you know, again, if we don't stand for something, we fall for anything. And I will say this, I'm pretty sure social media is not the place where meaningful change is going to happen, especially when someone shows up just to be a dick. And it really made me think of the Maya Angelou quote, when someone shows you who they are for the first time, or the first time, believe them. He showed his true colors right at the gate. And you know what's interesting? There, when I watch people um, just observe online, and you get a feeling, but it's like someone can be nice enough, but you can feel there's like, mm-hmm, there's red flags there, but you don't listen, right? Now I listen, you know, and this guy did me a huge favor, clearly. Um, but I want to share another internet troll. We're going to move on from that, okay? Here's another internet troll story from last week that happened with a friend. And I'm going to be a little bit cryptic here since it's not my personal story, but you're going to get the gist of it. And this is a friend who posted on Twitter that he was deleting a large quantity of cold subscribers from his email list. I don't know if I alluded to this last time. Um, that had come through one specific growth strategy. And then he asked if people could guess what it was. And someone, and I'm going to tell you the growth strategy, but someone from a company that sells this particular growth strategy jumped in with what appeared to be an attempt at a diplomatic reply, only to end up basically blaming and shaming the issue on the creator or the business owner not having a good onboarding sequence. That any cold, so basically saying any cold subscriber that has no context, no connection, no reason to subscribe to you will definitely be converted to a high quality subscriber. I'm not saying that the people are not high quality, okay? But a high quality subscriber is somebody who is interested in hearing from you. Okay, so basically the problem here is just that people don't know how to do onboarding sequences, right? Oy vey. So here's the thing. This was a huge opportunity missed for creating a conversation about doing better. My friend is brilliant when it comes to email marketing, growth, data, and automations. And and by the way, that growth strategy that was called out was referral programs. And I've talked about this. And now I would be, I wonder if there's data, and I'll have to ask my friend, on referral programs that are shared at the end of a newsletter versus stuff like the creator network or recommendation referral engines, which I will tell you, the two largest quantities of unsubscribes that I get are from an active campaign import that was from 2017. I was still the WordPress chick. Makes sense. And then the other 
is the creator network. People come in and then they go out and then they go in and they go out. And the analogy I gave in um, an email one time, and hopefully I can do this eloquently so it makes sense, is that um, think of it this way. You go to a winery, you have an amazing experience. You choose, A, to go to the winery. You taste some wines, you have some conversations with sommelier, they tell you how the wines are made, and you pick out, I don't know, three, four bottles of wine, right, to, to, to leave. You buy your wine, you're on your way out the door, you step out the door, and six other wineries are shoving wine in your face. Here, take our sample, take our sample, take our sample. And your goal is just to get to the car, right? You want to get to your car and go home. Well, what sort of context do those people, would you have, excuse me, with any of those wineries? You don't remember who gave you which wine, what they're about. You know nothing about their story. And I don't know what the, um, because this is all off script right now, guys, but what the uh, data is on how many touch points it takes for somebody to want to buy and do business with you or, or invest with you. But it's certainly not one. It is rare to get that one. It doesn't mean with targeted cold traffic and and when you're paying to get in front of the right people, right? But there's no context here. You have no idea. The wineries that shove wine in your face have no idea if you're their customer. Maybe you walked out with three bottles of wine and you hate red, and one of the, the wineries is shoving red in your face. You're not, you're not interested. Do you get my point? Anyways, I will go on the record now, and I'm going to make a prediction and say that if these programs don't improve. In other words, stop shoving three to eight more opt-ins in someone's face after they subscribe. I think a lot of people will stop using them. And my friend got a ton of support for that. People saying, I know what you're talking about. Yep, same for me, same for me, same for me. And I'm going to tell you that it was out of 2,200 people that were cold subscribers, he ended up deleting 1,700 of them that had been attributed to this this strategy. And this is an email marketing strategist. Okay, moving on. Way too many people are running their businesses with their egos driving the bus. I'm just going to say that right now. And we all have those days, guys. I want to say that. We're all human and have bad days. We engage when we probably know we shouldn't. Note to self, I should have just deleted. Peace out, blocked, not engaged. Um, and we get riled up by people, especially in this case where I thought the troll was a friend. And the other piece of this is, again, I am all for having civil discourse, right? Having a conversation about something and that maybe what about this or what about that? Or, have you know, can you explain this more to me? Or I'm not getting the disconnect here or whatever it is. But it's kind of like you wouldn't let anybody walk into your house and do whatever the hell they wanted to do, to say things that you disagreed with. So this is not about everybody has to agree with me, but for the love of God on social, geez, if there's nowhere else that I can control what shows up, it's certainly there, right? Um, We get to choose. Just remember that. Internet trolls are not going anywhere anytime soon. And it really does come down to how we handle what shows up. And ideally, though, we move on which I mean, I did, I I refused to feed this. Don't get me wrong. Clearly, I wrote a podcast post about just the ridiculousness, honestly, of it all. And I made a very conscious point of sharing something funny the next day. And again, my personal page, you guys, at the same time, as you can well hear, I share what I want to share, and hopes that it's valuable and hopes that it creates a connection. It's 
remember, everything is content, right? And so, and by the way, the funny thing was, uh, I think it was Betty White saying, everybody should try to get eight hours of sleep a night, unless you're really ugly, and then you need nine, which she was just funny. She was a treasure, right? This also validated my goal of mastering paid traffic this year. I'm not ever going to not be on social, but if my primary traffic source is one that I can control based on data, I will be on social a lot less, for lack of a better word. So, all right, let's go ahead and move on, shall we, to um, a content strategy for 2024. Um, There is something about the energy in the creator marketing space that to me, it feels a bit like there's a, this renaissance happening. And I'm, I specifically am choosing renaissance because a renaissance is good. I think I, I feel that way across the planet, to be honest with you, that we're sort of in this paradigm shift, but there's a renaissance happening. And there's just a lot going on where, you know, there, there's so much change happening. AI may have sparked a lot of it. But it's really more about the space in general. Digital marketing is now just marketing. And gone are the days of jumping into strategies that big names or gurus have recommended are now doing or how they're selling to you just because of who they are. Right? I think that existed for a long time. And did I say this? Or was this in an email? No. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I had to scroll down. And and I don't want to jump ahead of myself here. Um, And this isn't to call out companies or people by name, but for the sake of giving you an example, I kind of have to give you some names here. So first, let's look at a company by example first. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you this is all from my own experience and observations. So first thing we're going to do is we're gonna talk about ClickFunnels. ClickFunnels has been the leading software funnel software for years. However, they're losing a lot of ground and no doubt, customers as well. And there was some big hoo-ha about Russell at a kid's wrestling match and his kid was getting choked and some people think he hit the, I don't I don't know you guys but I just I I really do believe that hopefully we're not judged it was oh god you guys I just rewatched Ted Lasso freaking love that show and Ted says something about hopefully we're not judged by our worst day and when it's Especially, and and you know, the first thing that came to mind, you guys, is I was thinking about me judging this other person. But when you're personally attacked, I think that's different than making a mistake in life and it being held against you. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, you You tell me, maybe I'm just making this fit to my own mold, but six of one. Um, so either way, their launch of, of ClickFunnels 2.0 was a bit of 2.0, 2.0. <laughs> was a bit of a cluster. Um, And the reason I'm talking about ClickFunnels is because they're losing a lot of ground and no doubt to cut, they're losing customers as well. Um, They launched the software in the fall of 2022. They announced it that it was supposed to be ready in a few months and it took a full year, which that happens. I, I don't, I've not ever launched something like that. Shit happens. Things go sideways. It doesn't work, whatever. So six of one. But when they did launch, it launched with half of the features they were promising. And so, you know, and I'll tell you what, I think a a huge mistake was on them not communicating the whole time. They were not talking about where they were at, what was working. I mean, had they just done sort of a behind the scenes of here's where we're at, here's what's happening. Then by the time they pulled the trigger, people would have known what to expect instead of thinking, oh, this is finally ready. And oh, 
Well, what I wanted was the shop feature, and that's not available now for another six months. Okay. Um, but, you know, looking at ClickFunnels, who was the market leader, right? And um, I had, I've signed up with High Level right last spring. Um, they are growing at an accelerated rate. And a lot of big names have left ClickFunnels to move to high level. And when I'm talking big names, it was people who have spoken at Funnel Hacking Live, Frank Kern, I don't know if Billie Jean has, Alex Scharf, and these are all people. And I know some of the people that were in the inner circle, right, the, the high level mastermind with ClickFunnels have moved to high level. And one, I have no doubt it's because they can white label the software, um, but it works. And not every software works, right? So I'm not here to compare the softwares or any of that. But this is all speaking to a shift in the marketplace. And I have nothing against Russell. I do think he's a brilliant marketer. But I also think that the marketing that used to work, one, we see a mile coming a mile away. And two, it's kind of like, Eh, do I need this now? I, I I don't know. There's so much competition now. Um, you know, so it's very interesting. Another company example would be ConvertKit. They've made a lot of updates in the last year, but it really feels like a mad dash attempt not to lose people to Beehive. I have said this before, and my primary frustration with ConvertKit was that it was supposed to be for creators, yet we didn't really get a visual builder for email until, I don't know, last year, year and a half. And it's for creators. Nobody wants to do code snippets. I don't want to have to understand liquid code to use my email software. And then along comes Beehive, who is growing at a rapid pace and deploying features their customers wanted. And now all of a sudden, it feels like ConvertKit's paying attention. So we're paying attention to our competitors, not what our customers want. That's how that feels. Um, and competition is good. I totally get that. But that's not what this is about. This is about the fact that as entrepreneurs and business owners, we now have more options than ever before. And I get that I'm not talking shiny object because your girl has done plenty of that too, right? Oh, this looks good. This looks good. And, but what I'm talking about is it doesn't matter if it's a website, blogging platform, email service provider, social media platform, or content strategy. We have choices now, right? When I think back to starting in 2008, there was Blogger, WordPress, and was it TypePad? I think that was called. Um, that was it. And now you think about all the different types of places. And when I say types, it's not just a blogging platform. If you want to get, you know, start building your brand, start start writing on Medium, start writing on Substack. You know, there's a lot of places that people can create, start writing on Ghost, Squarespace, Wix, like none of those things existed when you think about it. And we all have different learning curves and styles to which we prefer working. And I've said it so many times that, if something looks dated, I'm going to bounce. I want the UI to look good and be intuitive and easy to use. And Beehive has nailed that from day one. Um, so now let's look at a few examples of people in this space. I don't know if I have a few. I think I just have one. Sorry about that because I wrote this a couple days ago. Um, and the first person that comes to mind is Alex Sarmozy. No, I think I do have two here for you. Um, and for the record, I have both of his books and I have nothing against him. But every time I see a piece of content that references how to do something like Alex, I move on. You know, how to, how, how to write 10 blog posts in a day like Alex Hormozzi or how to create shorts that convert like Alex Hormozzi, like Alex Hormozzi, like Alex Hormozzi. It's just word. And I'm sure this has happened in this space. So this, this piece of it is nothing new. But 
here's where I don't think, here's the disconnect, I should say, not to mention, he spends what, 70 to $75,000 a month on all of his content. Um, but I was watching a Laurel Portier training. Um, again, you guys, amazing what this woman is doing. Facebook ads, all of that training. She has a $7 a month program. So I'll, we'll just leave it at that. Search her, or click the link in the post. But she explained very clearly why copying what Alex does won't work for you. And it was like, duh, his style of content won't work for you because he's not trying to sell you something. He's not trying to sell you anything. Every video, I'm here to teach and educate. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm not trying to sell you anything. Alex's business model is investing in companies. His company is called acquisition.com. So the personal Alex Hormozy brand, you know, I, I, I have no idea to what degree that contributes to acquisition.com. Um, but that's not his business model. And most of us who are creating content and producing and publishing and showing up online, the goal is to get a subscriber to create a relationship with to sell a solution to their problem. Right? It's part of a much bigger strategy. And his business model has nothing to do with selling courses, coaching, or any other digital marketing asset, you know, that people are doing. And I just, I don't know about you guys, but I use social to support my business and sometimes entertainment as well. You guys, one of my latest obsessions on TikTok are Scottish toddlers. I'm not kidding you. Like, I, I, their little accents. Oh, it's the cutest thing ever. Maybe it's because one of my best friends is Scottish, but I just, it is darling. Um, but there are a whole lot of other things I'd rather be doing than spending time on social media. I'm there because it's marketing. It's free. They're free platforms. So, you know, sort of now that the verification badge can be bought. Um, but it's all about perspective. I launched my business 16 years ago. So my perspective is going to be way different than someone who's just getting started. Someone who's getting started is just, this is the way it is, where I've seen so many things come and go and come and go. It's all cyclical. There's always going to be big names, whatever, right? And again, not a judgment. This is so much more about how you want to run your business. Excuse me. We also have the dichotomy of it being both easier and harder at the same time. Sorry. I, mean, I think it's because I, I, the sorry was because I was quietly burping while I'm drinking water. And I think I'm probably just talking too quick and getting air in here. Anyway, um, the dichotomy is that it's easier today because the tools we use to build and grow a business are so much better than they were in 2008. Any of my WordPress listeners, I remember having to install a plugin just to reorder the pages and how they showed up in the navigation. Before that, you had to publish the page. However you publish the page was the order in which it appeared on your site. Right? Hello. It's like ma everything's magical now. <laughs> it's so much easier. At the same time, now let's do the flip side of that, in that it's harder today because there's so much more competition. Social platforms would rather have you pay to play. Um, the organic reach on social used to be amazing. I was thinking about when I first started doing live streams, like I could get 1400 views in an afternoon very easily on a live stream. I haven't live streamed in a long time, but you know, those numbers look, it's just, it's going to require a lot more effort 
on your part and and focus and then add AI into the mix and it's just a whole different ball game. And so the best way to succeed online with content today is to put blinders on. I'm going to share a sampling of stuff the day that I wrote this post of what showed up either in email or um, uh, it was an email or I saw something socially or whatever. Okay, so this is just kind of a bullet list of strategy platforms, etc. First one was selling over 1.5 million via Instagram and chatbots using ManyChat. That was a podcast email. I'm not going to give you where it all came from. Okay, otherwise it'll be here all day. 4,000 followers in less than 70 days on Medium. So now we have Instagram and Medium. How to start writing on Substack, third platform. An email about a TikTok course, fourth platform. An email about YouTube. An email about email marketing. And another about list building. An article about lead magnets not working and one about what type of lead magnet is working, right? So they're not, but they are. Um, Making millions through curated content, selling digital products, how to rank on Google, how to grow on LinkedIn, and then of course, using a $5 a day ad strategy for Facebook and Instagram, which is Laurel's stuff, but I came across a short that day. You guys, there are so many options when it comes to creating publishing, creating and publishing content. You are never going to know what works for you, if you try to pay to t- pay attention to everything and everyone, and I know it's a little dramatic, but <clears throat> trying to keep up is overwhelming. You know what I thought about? Like I was saying to a friend, I'm like, I wonder, and this is literally a very woo-woo-y hypothetical question, but if there wasn't a name attached to Alex's content, as an example, I'm not saying it's bad, you guys, but this is, let's just play with me here. Um, would it do as well as it does? Would his content do as well as it does if it wasn't Alex? And meaning Alex is the differentiator, right? And so think about it when it's, you know, when it's just good content, can it stand on its own? Or are we driven by whose content it is? Chicken or the egg kind of, right? And again, You guys, I'm not bashing on any of these people or companies, but I want you to start thinking that we are going through, well, the world is changing, but there it changes so fast and keeping up with it is, can be challenging. So here's how to create a content strategy for 2024. Decide what you want to create content about, right? Remember I talked about everything is content a few episodes back and I told you the buckets that I want to, I love talking about digital marketing email content newsletter specifically. I like talking about spirituality, spirituality, energy, kind of all of that stuff. As it relates to how I move through the world in my business, I like amplifying women. And I like talking about things that are inspiring and reminding people that it's their dreams are worth pursuing, for lack of a better term. Okay, so those are the things that I want to create content about. And of course, there's all these umbrellas, of course, these like subcategories that fall underneath it. But knowing that I'm like, got it. And then you need to choose one to two mediums you enjoy. Writing, audio, video, pick what you enjoy doing. I love podcasting. I love writing. I'm now doing this on video and I would like to do more video. Um, I've got all the podcasts have, I think, well, there might have been one I didn't do on video. But I'm going to start getting stuff back up on YouTube. And this is a test because I have audiences on all these platforms. Some are more active than others. But having done this for so long, I don't think it's going to be that difficult to kick stuff up again. And if I'm doing the content anyways, but what I'm telling you to do is to choose one to two mediums you enjoy. 
and then choose one to two platforms to focus on. That doesn't mean you can't test a different medium or share on more than one to two platforms, but but keep your focus on those things that you enjoy doing, where you enjoy doing them, and what it's about. Keep it simple, you guys. And, you know, in a conversation, um, my friend Jason Resnick, we were talking and he was saying that he had to unsubscribe from a lot of people he likes because he was getting in judgment of what he was or wasn't doing. And so that's also, there's a lot of self-responsibility there. Um, and hat tip, right? Kudos to saying this is a distraction. This isn't helpful right now. Because if you've been around even five years, you know, three to five years, you know enough to do what you need to do. And you guys, there's so many courses that I see come through uh, my inbox or newsletters. Like one thing I'd really love to do is, uh, and for the, it's the idea newsletter, I period D E A, check it out on Beehive. Um, But he talks about creating visual metaphors. Would love to take that course. I don't have the time right now. So I'm not going to put my money into something that's not going to get the time and attention it needs. So again, you know, choose your primary focus, and then you can do what you want after those are done. So for me, newsletter and podcast every week. Blog and and the podcast is a written post first. And you guys, these are usually over 2000 2000 to 2500 words. So it's not something that's just like, I'm gonna whip out, I can whip out a 1000 words pretty quickly. But this is a little bit different, the whole process of this, um, and the newsletter. And now it's like, what do I do with those two assets that will bring the right people into my space? Um, You know, if you can't um, I call it kind of playtime, right? Like I love to look at software. I love to, you know, when I'm curating stuff in the newsletter, but I do that and then I get to work. And then if I've got some free time, it's like, oh yeah, I wanted to try that that AI video tool or whatever, but it doesn't get in the way of the stuff that has to be done. So if you can do the playtime, the exploring, the curiosity, and it doesn't derail you, more power to you. But what I'm trying to say here is that all of this stuff works but you cannot get it all to work at once. It also doesn't mean you ever have to do it all, nor do you have to hire someone to do the things you don't like doing. So if you don't ever want to be in video, why start doing video and passing it off because you don't like editing? But if you love video, run with it and do and do the editing and do the producing and publishing until you can bring in someone. But there are so many different things you can do. But just because you can do them doesn't mean you should, doesn't mean you have to, and it doesn't mean you need to hire someone to, you know, that's kind of a a mantra about outsourcing. Hire people to do the stuff you don't want to do. Well, I'll tell you, there's enough, I know enough, I have enough skills in this space, I should say. Could I hire a podcast editor? Absolutely. I have a guy that I worked with and he keeps following up, but I'm like, the bottom line is until I want to do something different, I can edit this in the same amount of time it would take me to send you the work. And is that the best use of my time right now? I don't know, you guys, but I'm fine. I'm good, right? It's not that big of a deal to me. Um, I will happily hire someone to do social for me later this year once I have a strategy down that works for what I'm doing in my business. But until I have the data, it makes it a lot harder to give the direction, right? And to know where you're going to focus. Um, and Other things that I want you to think about in terms of hiring, this is a little off script, but buy back your time. That is, to me, the ultimate freedom. Um, And I know it is going to vary depending on where you live, but 
you know, a little bonus to going back to Costa Rica is getting my house cleaned every every week. And it was so affordable. And I still paid more than kind of the average because labor is extremely inexpensive in Costa Rica. But it wasn't like, oh, you're the hired help. I did anything I could to support and help this woman and having the, the regular work. But I loved five hours, you guys. And it was me and my dogs, right? Every Friday, my place was cleaned, my sheets were washed, bed. It was just, it was such an incredible feeling to go into the weekend with that. You know, so buy back your time or buy, you know, you can invest, you don't, everything doesn't have to be about reinvesting into the business if it helps you be better. You know, another (laughs) massages, I can get a 90 minute massage for 25 to $40 down there. And I did them almost weekly, um, because it was a great way to, to wrap up the week. Anyway, let's move on. So Recently, I was listening to the Free Time Podcast with Jenny Blake, where she shared that she's shutting down her private community and stopping both of her podcasts. Jenny Blake wrote the book Free Time, which it's so good. And she talks about having a delightfully tiny team. I always thought it was delightfully or tiny effective team, but she calls it a delightfully tiny team. And then she wrote the book Pivot. She worked at Google. Her, her great... Um, She's an incredible writer and she's there's an ease to listening to her. But one of the things I've always loved about her since I found her was that she's so honest about what works for her. She's not active on social media and she talks very openly about needing time and space in her life outside of her business. She, like I said, she worked for Google and she realized the podcast I was listening to, she was talking about after having been there, I don't know, a year, a couple of years, whatever, but she was promoted and she needed to manage a team which then found herself feeling miserable about it. She never wanted to manage people, but felt like that's what she was supposed to do. Oh, corporate America, you've done a number on a lot of us. Um, but she, like, she felt like she was supposed to do this. You don't turn down a promotion at Google, right? I'm sure this is why she came up with the term delightfully tiny team, because she didn't want to manage people, right? And and there, this is another part of this renaissance I was talking about, where I see a lot of people saying, I want to be a solopreneur. I don't want more people and systems in my business. I've talked about this before. Do not tell me to time block stuff. I know what needs to be done when I go into massive resistance when I see, I'll see my calendar is full, even if it's blocked free time. Go for a walk. I don't want to see it. I know what needs to be done. I schedule stuff. I want to physically see white space on my calendar. Um, So again, you do not have to want to be on every platform creating every type of content. If you do go for it. Um, And here's the other thing with all of this. You also get to change your mind. I will change my mind and try new things as long as it takes to find what works for me. What is this? It's, It's the strangest notion to me that we get that children should try things and keep at it. And, and then if it doesn't work, they're allowed to try something new, or they're still learning. And so it's okay that they're not doing well. And like, as soon as we're an adult, and I get it, the frontal lobes not developed fully till 25 or something. But the point is, this idea that we become adults, and that's it, we're done learning, growing, which this is a a very blanket statement. Okay, and it's probably um, maybe millennials and Gen Z don't feel this way at all. But it's like, well, here's who you are. My God, how sad and depressing is that to think you don't get to grow and change your mind or evolve and learn new things about yourself and choose to show up and serve the world in a whole different way. Like this is part of this renaissance and people are really starting to say, 
I want something different. What that looks like for each of us is so incredibly unique and individual. Do not buy into anyone else's narrative about what your business should or shouldn't look like. As long as you can drive traffic to your products and services, whether that's paid traffic, referrals from previous customers, your content, and you're good with how things are running in your business, that is all that matters. And I would be hard pressed to find any sort of business owner or solopreneur that doesn't want to see growth and profit, but not at the expense of time is what I'm seeing primarily with women. Um, And I mean, hello, my newsletter was half the hustle for how long? If you do want to create content, you do have to make sure that enough people see it. How you do that is up to you. I just listed a zillion different ways you can do this. Okay, or like 10, whatever, not quite a zillion, but you get the point. Um, People have to consume your content to convert. And I do need to look up, there's so many touch points that happen and exposure to you and your services until somebody decides to pull the trigger. Um, At the end of the day, the best type of content you can create is the type of content you enjoy creating, that you are showing up fully as you and it's it's a joy. Like you guys, I love a blank day on my calendar. I'm like, oh, I get to write their podcast. There are days I write and record and do everything all at once, but I'm like, oh, or I love just getting lost in, in creating the newsletter every week and not paying attention to time because I know I don't have anything else blocked off. I mean, there is something very, um, it is so fulfilling to get to do stuff I love and constantly be learning and growing. That's what we're here to do, you guys. You know, at the end of the day, like I said, do what works for you. You have to put blinders on. You need to focus. You can get traction on every single platform. If you're going to pick one, learn how to do it and be consistent and give yourself some grace. There's always a learning curve. Um, but at least uh, well, I read something today that said, you know, it's kind of like when you're getting started, your stuff isn't that great. And then the, the more you do it, the better you get, obviously. But you're in the game, you have to start. Um, you know, and like I said, from there, you work on getting better, fine tuning it, drilling deeper, making it more entertaining and learning to edit your own work, which is an art form in and of itself. And of course, if it is not fun, don't do it. And I, I'm not that's that's another Kim has some many mantras. Now we're speaking in the third person. I do have many mantras. But I didn't stop working for someone else. So I could create a job for myself. You know, time freedom was always key. I got that years ago, I, I nailed the time freedom piece, my time is really mine. And but I want to enjoy the journey. It has to be fun. Do I want to grow and scale? Of course, not at the expense of my well-being. They are not mutually exclusive. One does not mean the other. So I will keep searching and working and 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 tweaking. I almost said twerking because it rhymed with work. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, you guys, this is what happens. I'm recording in the afternoon. And we've had sunshine here for three days, and I have just felt like Snow White. <laughs> I just did that to you. I'm sorry. So it's time to bid the farewell. But, you know, guys, just trust yourself. Give yourself some grace and tune out the stuff that makes you feel less than or makes you feel that you should be doing something else because this is what this person's doing. I'm telling you, every type of content works. You just have to figure out what works for you, what you enjoy doing, and double down on it. 
That's all I got for you today. Have a wonderful morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are. I love you tons. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening and bearing with my rant in the beginning. I promise. Uh, well, because I just won't engage, so <laughs> those won't happen. I can't say I'm not going to call out trolls again. Anyway, if you've not done so, I would love a review on Apple Podcasts, and I will catch you next week. 